When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Sleepover Cinema, where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of those who have listened to Sleepover Cinema from the very beginning. I'm Hannah Leach. And I'm Audrey Leach. We are the sister filmmaking duo, also known as Two Pink Pictures, and we haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them. We're going to explore the good, the bad, and the nonsensical of the movies that first inspired our love for film in an attempt to answer the question, are these movies actually good? And at the end of the day, do we really care if they are? And today we are celebrating one year of sleepover cinema. Woo! Woo! Uh, yes, <laughs> so... <laughs> I was like, pew, 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 pew! <laughs> Great, great. That's that's appropriate because today, today is the sleepover cinema first in many ways, but most significantly in way one, which is that we are celebrating our first year as a podcast. Our first episode uh, released like 366 days ago, if you're listening to this on the day that it came out. Um, and we just are going to have a nice little hang with you all today to celebrate. Uh, and there yeah, was a second thing, you... but I forget what it was. What's the second thing? Oh. oh, I remember. I remember what it was. And the second thing is that we are not talking about a specific movie today. We are just reveling in our existence. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, I hope you guys stick around um, and just listen to us BS. But I feel like the, the this episode might be more fun, actually, than some of our yeah. other ones, because we're going to freeform and we're going to we're going to mention a lot of you guys. So you probably if you are active on our Instagram, you will probably hear most likely hear yourself yes. shouted out. So definitely. And, you know, we're we are free forming, but we're not free forming that hard because, you know, if there's one thing we have, it is a format. And uh, the Super Spectacular today will have Audrey and my respective worst movies slash episodes upon rewatch, our favorite movies upon rewatch and also listener questions. So we're really excited. Okay, but first of all, before we get into any of that, remember back to the Mean Girls episode when we said that we would make up a song for you if you left us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I know you probably thought there's no way they're going to do that shit, but guess what? We are <sighs> going to do that shit. And we had a review from Maddie this week. She left us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and she gave us a couple little uh, 
pieces of information about her primarily. Well, I guess just one piece of information, which is that she's studying <laughs> to be an elementary school teacher. Um, and she wanted a 10 second song in the style of one Hillary Duff. So um, here it is, Maddie, just for you. I'm not saying your last name, even though you told us your last name, because I feel like that would be weird. But I know your last name. <laughs> um, and here's the song. Maddie's gonna be a great teacher. Okay, Maddie, I hope you enjoyed your 10 second song. I know I had a grand time coming up with it for you and Audrey as well. Um, and if you heard that song and you were like, wow, that was really an experience. I would like to be involved <laughs> in that as well. You can leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts and um, we will do the same for you. Any Nothing artist could that you be want. Freer. Nothing could be freer or easier. <laughs> so first, we are going to start off with sharing each of our top five worst movies upon rewatch. Then we're going to do listener questions. Then we're going to close out with the top five best. So obviously, yes. this is kind of difficult um, because we were trying to figure out like what our parameters are for rating mm -hmm. these. But I think doing it rating the worst movies to rewatch and ended up being the easiest criteria because I certainly know what mine are. Like it did not take me a long time to come up with these. And so we're going to find out, we're going to like reveal at the same, reveal at the same time. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. If they're the same or not, because I don't know. We don't know what each other's are. Yeah. So. And these are all the movies we've covered up through Easy A. That is our frame that we're pulling from. Yes. So what was your, um, I guess we should go five, four, three, two, one. Yes. Right. Five so being what, the least bad of the bad, I guess. Yeah. So what was your fifth? Okay. My fifth bad was Princess Diaries 2. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. You didn't really like that one that much. Yeah. Because... I remembered it being way better than it actually ended up being. And um, like today, because I originally had something else written here, but then today I was going back through our episodes and like making sure I still stood by my opinion. And I came across Princess Iris 2 and I was like, wait, I remember this one like disappointing me. And then I listened to part of our episode about it. And one of the things that we said was that it's like tonally all over the place. Like it's like physical slapstick and then it's like drama and then it's this and that and the other. And um also that it feels like when you're watching it, like you're watching like a home video or something. Like it doesn't feel like anyone's taking it that seriously, but like it's annoying in that way. Yeah, I think um, like I have the nostalgia for it. You don't really so much. So I mean, I kind of do. I definitely watched it more for, yeah, for a fact. I buy that. I buy that. Um, okay, well. What was yours? Mine is Mean Girls. <laughs> okay, mine was, that was my original. Yeah, I think, um, well, obviously it's just fresher on our minds, so that's one thing. But um, it's just been so, so deeply overhyped, reworked, reused, and worn down to every, <laughs> like... Everything that she has to offer has been exploited to the point that 
to the, the fullest extent of possibility. <laughs> yeah, to the point where like the bad elements of the movie, the outdated things, like outshine the good things to me. Yeah, other than like Lindsay Lohan and and the performances in general, like and Damien, obviously, like the you know what I mean. I don't know. Yeah, I I just wasn't yeah. I wasn't blown away by it. You know. Yes. 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 Okay, my fourth worst was Ella Enchanted. (gasps) Oh, poor Anne. You're coming for Anne today. Here's the thing. We've done four Anne Hathaway movies, and the other two were Princess Diaries and Devil Wears Prada, and those have stayed out of this ranking. So it's nothing against her. Again, with this one, it's just that I was really... It just didn't live up to what I remembered. Like, it was a lot less fleshed out than I remembered, and that was a bummer. Uh, yeah, it is. It is not very fleshed out. <laughs> but, really but I will say at the same time, if these fell into this ranking, it means that they probably had a good episode associated with them because there was a lot to talk about. If you recall in Ella Enchanted, we ended up talking a lot about how like Ella and Prince Char are secretly like the slightly left leaning white girlfriend and like the Republican white boyfriend, like being begged to care. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That really stuck with me from that episode, I have to say. Yeah. You know, that's really, like, if you want, like, a spicy episode, if you want to, like... If you want to hear a take. If you want to hear a take, listen to the episodes that are in our worst. And if you want to hear, like, something heartfelt and something where, like, we were probably tearing up or something, probably, like, listen to the best. Yes. Which we'll do later. Yes. And I and people got mad at us at TikTok for our Ella Enchanted takes. And that's how you know that we're maybe doing something right. Yeah. You know, don't let the haters get you down. <laughs> they said those bitches have too much time on their hands. Yeah. And we make the time because we care. OK. <laughs> <laughs> OK. Yes. What was yours? So my fourth one is Easy A. Oh my God. Okay, wait, I didn't put that on my list, but like I low-key agree, but please, please say things. I just, there was not one part of my soul that was like impressed by Easy A. I just, it wasn't Your soul good. wasn't touched. No, like I don't. It it's not old enough for me to have real nostalgia for it. And there was no element of it that I don't feel was derivative from other things. Like there was no, I mean, the whole thing is like a uh, Scarlet Letter reference. So like, it's just not really giving me anything new. Yeah. I didn't like how 2010 it was. It just was gross to me. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, yep, yep. Not a time Sorry. I really want to revisit. Okay. <laughs> uh, third worst for me personally is life size. Oh. <laughs> because, okay, guys, I know you've probably heard the episode, but when you imagine life size in your mind, if you haven't seen it for a long time, you think, oh, yeah, Lindsay Lohan, Tyra Banks, they, they she's like her pseudo mother and there's witchcraft and there's soccer and there she sings the song at the Christmas party. But what you don't remember is that Lindsay Lohan is basically <laughs> a supporting character and yeah. also that this movie is it like littered with like consent jokes and like it's like weirdly about adults it's about like horny men and you mm-hmm. don't remember that that's what it's about but it's what it's about and it's so demoralizing <laughs> to revisit yeah that's a good one that's funny because I even like already forgot 
that that was what we took away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, because you do, you look at the the um, the movie poster, the 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 print and advertising for it, and it's like, oh yes, it's like that's what I want to view. How could that ever be bad <laughs> ever? Right. Um, and then it is. So that's a good one. I should have I should have yeah. remembered that, but I didn't. I was so I was so uh, appalled by. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we watched it. I was so excited to watch it again because I love stuff like that. It's like a fish out of water type thing. Like that's my, one of my favorite, uh, like, what's the word? Like uh, tropes sort of mm-hmm. in storytelling. A and fish it just out did of not water comedy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Some foreshadowing to perhaps the later <laughs> list, maybe. Perhaps. We'll maybe. have to see. We'll have to see. What was your third worst? My third worst for very similar reasons was enchanted. Oh, right. Right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah. Please please proceed. Yeah, it's it's like almost exactly what we just described about life size where it's like you see the you watch the trailer, you look at the movie poster, you look at all the pretty Amy Adams like content. Yeah. And then um and there's there is more. There is more meat to enchanted than there is to life size for sure. And Yeah. Um the animation I think is really beautiful in the beginning of Enchanted. Like, I I really do like the visual style. But the, uh, it's that, like, late aughts girl bossery just coming out, just peeking its head, but it all being delivered by the dad. And, like, we came yeah. out with, we, we, in the episode, we were talking about how, like, actually annoying and as, as fuck this dad is. <laughs> he's, like, he's, like, manhandling all the ladies Meanwhile, Adina Menzel is being painted like a villain. She just wants somebody who will go to a park with her. Maybe see a show, okay? She's not trying. She's not She's not after anything uh, evil. Um, but she really no, got painted all. that way. So, yeah. That's yeah. my number three. My second worst. I'm sure this will not surprise literally a living soul. I bet ours are the same. I bet they're the same. <laughs> okay, so... New York Minute. Yeah. Again, this is this is just like we're doing a, pro, a long ass promo for our own show. But I think the episode that we did that has made the biggest uh, imprint upon our listeners was New York Minute, which is the Mary-Kate and Ashley New York City movie. I'm sure you know what it is if you are listening to this. Um, and it was like wildly, wildly, wildly racist in a way that we did not remember at all. <laughs> um, and we kind of ended up using the movie as like an example of how when you're like a white kid, you get spoon fed white supremacy propaganda in movies and you don't realize that that's what it is. Uh, but that is very much whether intended or not, that is what New York Minute is. And um, it's gross. Yeah. Well, okay, I'm guessing that our number two and number one are the same but swapped then. Oh, wait, so what um, was was your all-time worst? What was your worst well, worst? My number two, I put Material Girls, and oh. my number one, I put New York Minute. Okay, so. that's not what I put. Oh, really? Yeah, that's not what I put. Oh, okay. Well, so number I just two was myself, New York Minute. No, my number two is Material Girls, Got and it, okay. my number one is New York Minute same reasons as you for New York Minute. Mm -hmm. And then for number two being Material Girls, they actually, I, we didn't enjoy watching them for like the same reasons. There was just a lot of white girl 
<laughs> white girl shenanigans <laughs> uh, that weren't amounting to anything. Um, I don't know. I just, they definitely made for interesting episodes, but as a film and as a rewatch and as something to appreciate, it's just not there. Yeah, it was pretty bad upon rewatch. Uh, and yeah. Cowbells won that episode, by the way, in case you forgot. Oh, um, yeah. Cowbells is classy compared to <laughs> Material Girls. It's true. Okay. And again, and Material Girls also fell into that trap, which was the same thing as New York Minute, which is sisters that are aging out of the tween demographic. Let's make them do edgy shit for no reason other than to be edgy. And then it ages like milk. Uh, and it's the exact same problem with New York Minute. Like, to yeah. a tea. Okay. My worst episode. This is kind of a bold choice, but I think it's an interesting I'm choice. Not worst episode. Okay. Worst movie, biggest disappointment upon rewatch, I would say. Yeah. It's got to be a Cinderella story. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Because. I get that. I cannot emphasize enough to everyone listening that. As a young person, as a kid, I was I was a writer and I wrote, I mean, I still write, but whatever. I would write uh, like short stories, like they're basically like episodes of a TV show. And the entire thing was so formed in my mind from a Cinderella story and the music of early Avril Lavigne. That was it. That was the context. <laughs> and like when she comes out in the dress, I was always like, hell yeah, this is the best movie ever. And then we rewatched it and it was so much worse than I remember. It hits like every area of problematicness. But the reason why it gets the top ranking in this category for me is that that episode was so fun (laughs) to make that it just holds a place in my heart as a classic sleepover cinema episode. That's funny because like, well, obviously I don't, I don't, uh, I do not re-listen to the episodes really. Um, so I don't actually, and we filmed, we recorded that episode so long ago now. Like it feels, um, it would have been summer 2020. It it could have even been like May. Oh yeah. Yeah. It could have been like, like basically early quarantine. So it feels like a lifetime since then. Maybe I should re-listen because I couldn't tell you a thing. Dude, our old episodes when we were there in person and we were like kind of drunk, like they were like a tight 45 of like gold only. (laughs) (laughs) Like they were so good, I have to say. Um, It was because we were sitting in my really hot hallway and we were desperate to get out of there. So we... We got yeah, it all we made out of it our systems. Quick. Yeah. And we were also just unhinged in general. Um, the state <laughs> of the world and everything. Yeah. It's yeah. still the truth, but it's the truth in a in a different way now. It was still it was still new back then. Yeah. Audrey was still just like deep in Animal Crossing, like early quarantine, like sitting at our parents' house vibes. Mm-hmm. I literally every night, okay. Let me know if any of you guys uh, have a craving or an addiction to Utz pretzel rods. (laughs) Because it was those. It would be that huge container of those and white wine, um, particularly Hess white wine. I would, I kid you not, bring the entire... Yeah, I'd bring the entire bucket of pretzel rods, my switch light, and the bottle of wine to my bed. And that is what I did for like... I didn't know that. Months, yeah. 
Dude, that sounds kind of sweet. It was. Honestly, <laughs> I loved I loved that I I didn't um I didn't have a job anymore because uh um, it ended because I couldn't be there in person. We couldn't be there in the office and I was post paying and then, um, and then I could get unemployment. So I literally was She's just literally like being paid to lay in her bed and play <laughs> Animal Crossing and drink great. wine. Wait, can you yeah. tell them what your job was though? Cause I feel like the listeners would be interested in that. Uh, yeah. So then when COVID hit, I was, a post-production assistant on the movie Respect, which just came out recently. Uh, It's the Aretha Franklin biopic starring Jennifer Hudson. But yeah, if Um, you go see it, my name is there. (laughs) It is there. It's really cool. We should put that on the story because I feel like people would be excited for you in a really cute manner. Which, speaking of which, um, to any of our Cleveland, Ohio-based listeners, if you want to come see the Show Choir documentary at the Chagrin Valley Documentary Film Festival, you consider this your invitation. It's on October 10th, uh, and Audrey will probably be uncomfortable, but I'm excited. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Very correct. So, anyway, can we do these listener questions? I'm excited. Yeah. So, we asked our listeners... For questions about literally anything. And I think the the gathering of questions we got was uh, a really fun range and also mm-hmm. like better than I could have ever asked for. So <laughs> yes, thank you to everyone who asked questions in advance. Yes. So the first question comes from Leah Ruth 13 and it is, what's your favorite decom? And H- Hannah, let's let's try to do rapid fire don't think about it much. I already have thought about it. Okay. But here's the thing. I think I think I can actually answer again. Because okay. another one just came into my mind as it as it came up. Okay. Let's let's say it. Are we saying it at the same time? Oh, we can't say it at the same time. I'm we're over video go for chat. It. Okay. No. Okay. So my my premeditated answer was um read it and weep because I think that the concept is extremely strong, which is the one with Danielle Panabaker and Kay Panabaker, and it's like the girls writes her weird uh, stories about her life in that crazy font, and then it gets like leaked, and then there's like a manifestation of herself that's older, and that's that's a thing to me. But Impulse, High School Musical too. Yeah, Impulse. I was between High School Musical two and Cheetah Girls two, so yeah. Impulse. I'm gonna say Cheetah Girls two. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, obviously we love those because those were the ones that were like played 5,000 times a day when we were watching Disney Channel the most. Um, Yeah. But I feel like when I was growing up, I was always like not it was like I I was too cool to unironically like High School Musical because it was so normie. And obviously I had to not be like the other girls. And, you know, Mm -hmm. now looking back at it, that movie. okay, not to sound like a a, a, uh, dummy, but like. It's it's kind of camp in some ways, especially High School Musical 2. Yeah. Like when he looks into the water and it's, it's like great. bad green screen. <laughs> it's not green great. screen, but you know, it's so good. Okay. Uh, so why Cheetah Girls 2? You know what? I don't think I need to justify that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be taking no questions. Okay. Next question. <laughs> okay. I am so excited for this question. <laughs> From at Miss Diva Lanai, what's your favorite part of the 10th kingdom or favorite kingdom visited? 
bro. I love this thing. Wait, so was Diva the person that we like introduced 10th Kingdom to? Um, no, that was just, well, I don't think so. That was just some random person on TikTok. I'm pretty sure okay. who just happened to comment that. But Diva is one of our, one of our trivia winners. So yes, yes. Diva is a beloved friend of the pod. Um, okay. So this demands contextualization though. <laughs> so, yeah. okay. You may have like heard us bring this up in passing in a previous episode. I forget what episode it was, but the 10th kingdom was this ABC produced limited series that was very much like once upon a time, but like from 2000 instead of like 2010. Um, and it was like, eight hours long in full length and we got it for a road trip to North Carolina and it was just like how it comes up on this show all the time. It was just a little too old for us and therefore it was the best shit ever. This, the 10th Kingdom was way too horny for us to be able to have access to, <laughs> but we had it. Yeah. And honestly, thank God. So Diva asked what our favorite part of the 10th Kingdom is or our favorite kingdom visited is and I feel like favorite is hard to answer because I know it's impactful. It's kind of like memorable. Yeah, like most memorable kind of. But I feel like I could also, dude, that makes me want to, even talking about the 10th Kingdom makes me want to watch it again. <laughs> yeah. That is like the forbidden sleepover mini season is doing <laughs> yeah, a 10th Kingdom so review. Forbidden. Like, it's so forbidden, but we would have so much to say. Yeah. Like, and you guys would have to like watch it and like come along like we for would the ride. But. Maybe. Oh, you know what? Maybe we could do. Okay. In a world where we start like a Patreon or something similar, we could do like uh like a book club, but like with the 10th kingdom and we could like talk about yeah. it. Oh my God. Yeah. If you want to do that, let us know. I love this show so much. Okay. Audrey, what's your favorite part or your favorite kingdom visited? So we... I don't know if we talked about it on whatever episode we talked about the 10th kingdom, but it's got to be um, like Little Bo Peep kingdom. <laughs> I don't yeah. remember what it's called. It's it's for me, it's a tie between like Little Bo Peep kingdom and the like love, love. You mean um, kissing town? Yeah, kissing town. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, be, for obvious reasons. I mean, they, they were the most um, kind of like aesthetically pretty parts of the movie so or yes. the show and yeah. so I was into it and then Lucy Punch is there and then you've got you've got literally them lowering this like ugly sheep <laughs> into like a glitter pond or like a glitter yes. um thing and and it emerges just like beautifully and then the um the, in Kissing Town, everything is beautiful. Yeah. Everything is beautiful. So, and also everything is like extremely quotable from that section yeah. too. Yeah. Also, so. also, we can't we can't not talk about the fact that in our very small club of hot men, Scott Cohen <laughs> is really high up on that list. And he's yeah. in like most of this thing. Um, mm -hmm. Like, oh, my God. It's and we didn't bad. even realize, we didn't even realize it until like we watched it like a year ago when it was like during when Audrey was home and we watched it and we were like, oh, this is a hot man. And we did not realize <laughs> it. I think we did realize it. We just didn't talk about it. <laughs> like we didn't yeah. say it. Because he's supposed to be like um, mangy and like wild, but he's like hot. 
Yeah, like it's kind of like it's like uncomfortable to like say that because <laughs> when you watch um, it, you'll see why. There, it's there's almost like furry subtext, and that's <laughs> what I don't like. I don't think it's well. He's a werewolf, so that helps a little bit. Um, yeah. Oh my god. Okay. So both the parts that you just said, I really loved, um, but also I really like, even though it's like a really creepy part. I always enjoy the part where they're in the swamp and they almost get consumed mm-hmm. uh, because that random Procol Harum song is playing. And I bought that shit for my iPod because it was in that section. And also um, when they go, I think it might be in Kissing Town, but when they do like the Snow White kiss pose. That's when it is. Yeah. Dude, I need to rewatch it. That's my comfort <laughs> show, I think. More, like, yeah, it really is just so good. Ugh. Diva, thank yeah. you so much for asking about it because... I, I really <laughs> want God. to do I really want to do the forbidden season on 10th kingdom that would like give me so much joy so if you yeah. want that let us know <laughs> if you can't tell I'm like so enthusiastic talking about it right now okay your um, turn okay so next question is from Maddie Grow or Maddie Grow E I think just Maddie Grow though um so here's the question at their peak performance in parentheses, you should also discuss what you think their best performance was. <laughs> Who do you find more entertaining, Amanda Bynes or Lindsay Lohan? I, I've i got my answer. I Yes, Lindsay. It's Lindsay. But they give different things. They do provide mm-hmm. different things. They're different people. But I get why you would ask this question because somehow I think both Amanda and Lindsay have they had um like the clout and the respect and um for like Amanda for her like comedic timing and like chops in general and then Lindsay for her like heart kind of yes like how she was able to be more like real I don't know yeah well she was just like authenticity out the wazoo (laughs) like yeah Okay, my personal favorite Lindsay Lohan performance is Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, Mean Girls is she also was, excellent, but... She's um, feeling her oats. She's feeling her oats the most. She's feeling her oats. She gets to be bitchy, but she also gets to be vulnerable. But she, I think she's basically playing herself in that movie, yeah. which I love. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Confessions... Yeah. I am is her best performance. Um, and I think she probably she might even feel that way. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. Also, just so. like you love to see a bitch like that, like in great outfits, like doing fun things, like with a good person to act with, with um Ella, like Megan mm-hmm. Fox. How do I how can I not mention that? I mean, just a great movie. I love that movie. Yeah. Um, and that's why and it was then- like our first episode ever. Right. Yeah. Something about it. It's funny because that wasn't like the movie that we watched the most. It just seemed to make sense for some reason. I just really wanted to do it. (laughs) Yeah. And then Amanda is kind of hard because I wasn't obsessed with any of her movies. I was more into her on like the Amanda show. Like, I feel like I was a little more in tune with her when she was younger yeah. Um. And then once she started being in movies, like her main films, like Sydney White, What a Girl Wants, She's the Man. I wasn't, I wasn't obsessed with. Um, yeah. But yeah. It's kind of an unfair question because we didn't really watch Amanda Bynes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't remember What a Girl 
like what that's about. Like I know mm-hmm. that it's English and I know that her dad is involved and that's all I remember. Which, okay, that sentence bodes extremely well for a sleepover episode. So <laughs> yeah, we will do that at some point, but yeah. I just don't remember anything. Yeah, we won't answer that because And it's like not he fair. eats mac and cheese. I think he like stands in a kitchen and like eats mac and cheese <laughs> and he like looks out the window and then something happens. I don't know. Okay. I this literally next- couldn't tell you. <laughs> um okay this next question comes from the goat joey uh joey sunny design on instagram they are one of the nicest people <laughs> that we have encountered in our journey um and they also just to brag about them a little bit uh do graphics and like uh product packaging for trixie mattel which is really really cool uh so hi yeah. joey um and literally oh, the most lit Yes, we we theoretically have some merch in the crock pot with Joey. So we'll see what happens. And it's it's not dependent on them. They literally would be ready the second that we said it. We're just kind of like, what are we doing? Okay. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Joey says, I know y'all have talked about childhood toys before, but I am so curious to know what y'all's favorites were with the pleading eyes emoji and a pink heart. Audrey, what are you go first? I'm curious what yours were. Oh, well, I, it's kind of like all the mainstays I was into, like Barbie, Bratz, Littlest Pet Shops, Webkins. Um, (laughs) I will say, though, slight generational divide between you and me for Littlest Pet Shop and Webkins to a certain extent. But please continue. Um, I loved... I don't know. I guess those would be the main ones. I was really into Littlest Pet Shops, though. Like, I did have the mansions. I had the little ma- I had the little mansions. I had, like, the the different house things. Um, I wish I could remember what they were called because they had good names. They did. But I was really into it. Just, like, if you were to gauge how into it I was... It's like just, it's like just short of making, um, those YouTube videos that are like the LBS, like role play videos. That is something that I would have done, but I think I just didn't know it was happening. So yeah, that like me, Hannah and my cousins, Aaron and Julia, like we did that. We literally did that (laughs) just with Bratz dolls, not with. Which those are, that is actually the most forbidden content that we have. (laughs) We did. Okay. So we had a whole YouTube channel with our cousins, but before that we would like, our parents just trusted us with their fancy digital camera for some reason. (laughs) And we, um, we did a, like a teen drama basically. Um, and can I can I say what it was? No. No, I think I can. What do you mean? I mean, like, say the name of it. Like, I think we've come far enough where I can say it. And it no, was off. don't <laughs> say the name of. Okay, fine, fine. Okay, it's that forbidden. I'm not allowed to talk about it to that extent, but it really is not that bad. I swear to God. Okay, um, but my favorite childhood toys. Um, okay. So I got the Barbie airplane when I was like four. Um, and that was extremely lit. That was great. I had a lot of Polly Pockets, like the really small ones. Wait, Hannah, we didn't have the airplane though. No, we did. No, we didn't. Audrey, I am your elder. 
and we had it. <laughs> Where? Where did it go? Did we give it away? We didn't. So the problem was, or not the problem, but like the thing with it is that it had like a ton of really tiny pieces and we were kind of too young for it. So mom, I'm pretty sure had to keep like the choking hazard elements of it away from us. And then I think she lost them. So a lot of the coolness of it like didn't really pay off. But I don't think you're going to remember this if I describe it to you. But like the wings. So what it looked like is like it. there were pieces of it. And the part that we would play with was like the inner like cabin yeah, yeah and there yeah. were chairs and there was like a little food cart you could push up and down and there was like, like a little radio walkie-talkie but like where did this toy go because like I I kind of remember what you're talking about but I know we don't have it anymore no we don't have it like, anymore I think that yeah. we like gave it maybe to Lily and Ava or someone oh yeah maybe who are our not cousins but basically younger cousins um, we also had um, these great Barbie cars. Yes. That were yes. awesome. And I had a golden co- convertible and I had a purple VW bug. And we yeah. had a, also a blue minivan with a picnic in the back. It was great. Yes, because we had a blue minivan. So we got in real life, we had a blue minivan. And then, yeah, yeah the, the idea with the cars was that those were like our dream cars. Because for some reason, when we were like children, we had to have dream cars. <laughs> uh, and that's what our things were. Wait. I didn't even, okay, I had tiny Polly Pockets. I have a Snow White Polly Pocket that I'm literally looking at right now because I have it hanging in my office on a shelf. Um, I had a Mermaid Polly Pocket. Remember with the inflatable thingy? Mm-hmm. Uh, you could have I it in had, the bath. That yes, was like the idea was, was the you concept. could float in the bath. <laughs> um, I had like the Cinderella Wedding Castle one. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Mm. Uh, and I loved my Barbies loved the, um the color changing the the hair changing yes. whatever oh, it was jam and glam barbie jam and glam barbie yeah. which was came out yeah. in 2001 it was when we lived in boston you look up jam and glam barbie right now if when you're listening yeah. to this her whole scalp rotates so she has like a, like she has like a blunt bang boob length white blonde <laughs> wig and then you twist it and it's like a purple one yeah uh, but I wasn't even referring to that one I was referring to the Kelly doll that you put in oh, water yeah, and her yeah, hair yeah. turns pink yes we had a mermaid Kelly doll and her hair turned hot pink if you got it in cold water and then it turned mm-hmm. back to blonde when you put it in warm water which was fierce. we had Every Disney princess doll, pretty much. Yes, and then we did. Um, the Pocahontas one, if you put her under like a light, there would be um, like leaves that that showed up on yeah, her it dress. Was like, it was like a Colors of the Wind homage. Like if you, it was actually sunlight specifically you had yeah. to put it in and then the leaves would show up. And actually that doll was <laughs> given to us. We would just stick her under the lamp. <laughs> yeah. Would it work? Um, not much, but it would work a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Our older cousins who we like barely knew as children gave us that doll. Fun fact. Um, Okay. I could really go on about that forever. Uh, But we won't. We won't. Brad styling head, period. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yes. We've talked about that before, though. Yeah. We were um, obviously extremely lucky in the toy department. So shout out mom and dad for that one. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay. Last question before our break comes yes. from etac underscore retrop 23. Yes. Rather retro P 23. 
Um, what's your favorite Disney Renaissance movie? I'm okay. going to say. Go ahead. The Little Mermaid. Yeah. So I, I looked up. So I'm newly an iPad bitch, first of all. And I looked up what counts as the Disney Renaissance movies. And we have The Little Mermaid, Rescuers Down Under, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, The Lion King, Pocahontas, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Hercules, Mulan, and Tarzan. Did you not say The Little Mermaid? I, that was the first one on the list. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think The Little Mermaid, but there's a lot of close calls there. Yeah. I I gotta say Little Mermaid, just because what a movie. <laughs> yeah. Those but songs. Like cl- close, um, close calls are like Beauty and the Beast and Hercules, uh, but we just didn't watch them that much. Yeah, so we didn't have those movies on VHS when we were growing up. So, like, I was just going to say, I always really liked Hercules, but I think I only saw it, like, twice growing up because we probably got it from the library or something. Yeah, we couldn't watch it, like, 5,000 times in a row. Um, Okay. All right, we're going to break it up. Yeah, so let's let's take a little break here. Um, go get a snack. Go refill your drink. Go cross the street. Go uh, get on your train. Go walk your dog or keep walking your dog. And we'll be right back. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out. And we are back at the one year sleepover cinema extravaganza spectacular. And we've got a few more questions from our Amazing listeners. So <laughs> the first one is from Danae at the great Danae 1129. 1129, that is our mother's birthday. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. So if that's also true for you, then let us know. <laughs> <laughs> A Sagittarius, maybe. Um, said, oh, right. No. Yes. <laughs> we don't know if Danae is a Sagittarius, but maybe. I don't think that she is. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so Danae asks a few questions, but we're going to answer them all because we are dedicated. So number one, favorite yes. local restaurant. What is it for you? Well, what are we, what do we mean by local? For you, Cleveland. Oh, or okay. Ohio. Um, favorite local restaurant. Honestly, I know that if you live in Cleveland Heights, this is obvious, but Tommy's just hits very well every time. Yeah. 
Yep. Uh, it's like a vegetarian, vegan, and not restaurant in Cleveland Heights. And it's like been on this one road for a million years and it's very tasty and good. It's so good. I agree. That's what I would say. And then yeah. for mine, it also kind they both kind of apply to both of us, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite local restaurant is called Whitman's. <laughs> I was wondering if that's what you were going to say. Yeah. And it's a burger place, but I swear, like, so there used to be a Whitman's where Hannah and I used to live in the East Village um, on East 9th. There is a Whitman's and it was like a hundred feet from our apartment door. Like not even like it was like 50 feet and it was my weakness. Like every day passing that (laughs) what is painful, you know? And It's, it's so a really good. cute little place. Yeah, there's actually a few of them now in Manhattan. But yeah, the, the East 9th one is like the one I think of. Yeah, it's tiny. Yeah. Um, question two is, what's the earliest memory you guys have of each other? Which obviously is hard. Like, it's harder for me to answer, I think. But yeah, do you know? And it's also hard because our yeah. first moment that we saw, literally that Hannah saw me, is recorded. So yeah. there's kind of a lot of that conflating home videos with memories. I don't know. And as Audrey, Audrey, for no reason other than just being a cancer, has archived and <laughs> like organized every home video that we had in a spreadsheet, all linked to like Google Drive video <laughs> yes. files. So like you could give us like a year and a month and a holiday and like we could go find evidence of it like right now. Yeah. Um, that, but was my, I have to, that was my other quarantine activity. That was the other thing I did. Yes. I mean, and honestly, it's like the most clutch thing ever. Like I it use is. it all the time. It's great. <laughs> it's so good. Okay, I have two. I have one that's from when we were really, really, really little. And then I have my favorite memory of young you, which was uh, not documented in anything. I just remember it from real life. Both of these things. So the first one is I got to be like two, like really young. It's when Audrey was still a baby. And uh, I loved Toy Story when I was a little kid. And I had this memory of us laying on a blanket next to each other. And my mom was taking pictures of us. (laughs) And like Audrey was still like a wiggly little infant. And I had like a Woody the Cowboy action figure like with me and it was laying in between me and Audrey and I was like that dumb baby's gonna grab my action figure (laughs) and I remember like throwing him under the blanket and I was like she'll never know uh so that's my that's my like baby one and then um my other one do you know what it's going to be? No. Okay. My other one is, so when, again, when we lived in Boston, I was in first grade and Audrey was in uh, preschool. Well, there's actually kind of two that I think of. The first one is um, that one time, so we were like renting this house in Wellesley, Massachusetts. And we normally had like a big backyard, like we played outside all the time, but like our outside playing options were like vastly limited by living in this house. And one time, Audrey and I just like walked around the house and I removed a leaf from every plant that we passed (laughs) and taped it onto Audrey's outfit. And so there is a picture of Audrey with like different leaves taped all over her outfit. There's a video of that. Is there? Yes. Okay. Well, that's, that's not the one I was originally going to say, but the one I was really going to say is that 
in first grade, Audrey had like preschool, like half the day or something. And every day when Audrey and mom would come get me from school, Audrey would say, I made you a surprise or like I have a surprise for you. And then it was always in the same corner of our living room (laughs) that she would always put something. And most of the time it would just be like a drawing that was like Hannah loves Audrey, (laughs) like a little drawing or like Audrey loves Hannah or uh, and then some days I remember one time I came home and it was cheetah print slippers and some Crayola markers because mom had clearly gotten in on it. Um, and it was just really, really cute. And it was like literally every day. Like I'm yeah. not exaggerating. It was every day. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I remember that too. Cause I had a really distinct schedule. I think that might've been like my best, like, <laughs> just like what a great schedule I had in, um, what was it? Preschool. Cause it was morning. It was morning preschool. And then I would come home my mom would make me a ham sandwich. I would watch Mr. Rogers and Dora. And then, and then once that was over, that's when I would figure out the surprise for the day. And then, and then you would come home. And then I was like set for the rest of the day. Because we also shared a room. Um, then. Yes. So I feel like once you were home, it's like, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm spoken for for the rest. <laughs> but I, our room, our I, room that year was so good. Yeah. But I do remember like feeling weird about being by myself. Um, like having you oh. be at school and me not, or me being just at home with mom for the, that, like, whatever it was like three hours. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Right, 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 right. Can I, can I come back to it? Sure. I will come back to it. I will think of something. Um, What makes you feel inspired? Well, it's kind of weird because I feel like the past year has been like kind of a creative dry spell for me just with COVID and, and just like existing and like getting older. But I think in general, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, there's the things that we've talked about before, like that we know inspire us both, which is like uh, kind of like communities in the arts, sort of, or like or like mm-hmm. kids in the arts or like being able to. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. Being able to like have an impact in that way. There's an ice cream truck. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That that gave me my answer, yeah. which is that I think what inspires me the most as like a, well, there's also a question down the line here that says what inspires you in life? And I'm going to merge those two yeah. for this, Um, yeah. which is that for me, like connecting with people and like helping people to like achieve their potential is really exciting and good for me like especially because I am a music teacher and I have a lot of students who are like at a very wide age range age range um and like I had a girl tell me the other day after her show she's like a junior in high school or she just started her senior year and she was like I feel like I'm finally becoming who I am (laughs) like after this show that we did. And I was like, that is some coming of age shit. And I am so glad that you shared that with me. Like, it's just so um, that's been really like meaningful to me. Yeah, I I honestly what inspires us both in. Yeah, like what makes us feel inspired? What inspires us in life? I feel like it's just 
any route we could possibly take to coming of age shit, anything that makes mm-hmm. us feel that, whether it's real life, um, like you teaching, or like watching films that have that special mm-hmm. element, like it really it is that, is that. Yeah, and I feel like it's all about like, people feeling free to be themselves to like the fullest extent that that's possible. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of the stuff we write and a lot of the stuff that we like, uh, really centers around that. Yeah. And yeah, I, I just strive for, um, earnesty without being cringy. Like that to me is great. I know that it's a hard thing to do. And I don't know that (laughs) we constantly crossing the line. (laughs) I don't know that we succeed. I don't know that we succeed, but that is always the goal. Yeah. Because it just feels Um, true. It's not like contrived, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I totally agree that the line of earnesty and cringe is where I live on that line. Um, yeah. Okay. Those were some good questions. (laughs) We're going to come back to that memory thing though. There's still more questions. There's yes, a lot of questions nestled in Danae's question. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Ethan Newberger <laughs> asks, what instructions did you give your composer for him to make your theme song? <laughs> what an interesting question, Ethan. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, so our theme song composer is Josh Perlman Hall, who is my boyfriend and my creative intern, Loki. Um, but he, I basically, so he composes music for my other podcast. And also he did some original music for the documentary. Um, he's like super talented. Um, and for the theme song, I gave him, I think Stronger by Britney Spears and Come Clean by Hilary Duff and probably like an Avril Lavigne song and was like, this is the stew that we're working with. How can you make this happen? Um, And he said the hardest part of making the song was finding the right drum sound. Like that really punchy, like 2000s drum sound is really hard to find, I guess. Um, And I don't even know if he ultimately found the exact thing, but... Yeah, I gave him some reference songs and he really killed it. Yeah, it's it's lovely. I think it is yeah. um, representative of that, the, all those yes. songs. I totally agree. Um, okay, yeah. So Blanton asks, how did this podcast start? Which I think, I don't know if we've ever described it on this podcast, but I know we've described it on other. We have. Yeah, we've described it on other podcasts. So- I'm going to give you the real origin story of how this podcast started. So I am a professional podcast producer. I do this show, but I also work for Evergreen Podcast, which at the beginning of every episode, when you hear that little ding thingy, uh, that is the audio logo for Evergreen. And so I've worked there for a couple of years now, and I'm now their senior producer. So hee hee for me. But basically, there was this scenario And it's kind of complicated, but there was a scenario in which we promised to make like a zillion podcast episodes. And one of the shows that we originally had promised to make had some legal issues surrounding it, I will just say. Um, And basically, we ended up having to come up with something else to occupy that slot of content that we said we were going to make. And I was like, hmm what's something I could produce? And I was supposed to produce the show that had all the illegal stuff around it. So I was like, okay, what show could we produce that would be uh, chill and fun and easy, especially for me? (laughs) 
and I was like, I like texted Audrey out of the blue one day and I was like, thoughts on doing a podcast where we review late 90s, early 2000s movies. And she was like, sure, I guess. And then we recorded a pilot and then they decided to buy a first season and um, we just keep growing. And now we're three seasons deep, three seasons deep, excuse me. And uh, it's going well. (laughs) So, um, but ideologically, I feel like, we started to like give these movies their flowers probably like two years before the podcast started and we would like text about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's like our job basically. So it's a little different in that sense. But I think also it has really forced or not forced, but like uh, enabled Audrey and I to really work on our working relationship a lot. Like we just always get it done we have gotten really good at like, even if we're annoyed, we're good at putting it away and we just record <laughs> the episode. And when it's over, we're like, okay, yeah. everything's chill, you know? Yeah. So that was a long answer, but. But it's really, yeah, it's not difficult. Like it's not, um, we really don't get annoyed very often or like, yeah, true, truly annoyed. <laughs> like it's not, it's never that serious or it's never like at each other. It's just yeah. like life is being annoying and like, we don't want to record and then we do it and we're like, Oh, that wasn't so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Andrew Crane 101 says any sequels you prefer over the original Cheetah Girls too, I guess. I don't know though. Yeah. I think, Cheetah Girls 2 for sure. And low-key Little Mermaid 2. Like, well, it's, it's fun. It's <laughs> okay, more we just fun. had a really good time doing that episode. Like, yeah. that was a really fun episode. Yeah. And then for me, I know we just talked shit on Princess Diaries and, or on Princess Diaries 2, but... We were just bitching on Princess Diaries too. Yeah, like my mind, (laughs) not like my mind's eye, but kind of like sort of when we were talking about when you think of the idea of life size versus the reality of life size. Yeah. The idea of Princess Diaries too, I like prefer or think I would enjoy watching more than the first one. But the first one is a lot more grounded and it's a better movie. But I think that (laughs) Princess Diaries 2, the idea and the little moments I remember, I kind of prefer would be more excited about than the first one. Yes. I think I might like the originals better of these, but... Also, I do want to answer the question or maybe instead of saying our opinions on TV and remakes, like what are you watching right now that you're enjoying? Opinion. Well, you didn't even like phrase that that was a question that that was one of the questions. Okay. well, now they know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think you guys kind of understand our opinion on TV and remakes because I feel like I do bring it up sort of often. We'll talk about things that are going on in like the current TV zeitgeist like a little bit um, or the movie zeitgeist like this Camila Cabello Cinderella, this Gossip Girl reboot, this every show on the planet reboot. Um, Yeah. It's basically a cash grab. But what am I watching that? Oh, I'm watching Big Brother, the reality TV show. (laughs) I love it so much. (laughs) Um, I love it so much. I never thought I'd I didn't know that I would ever care about that show, but guys, it is actually psychotic. What, like what goes, <laughs> what goes on? Um, and 
if you want to watch a season, if you want to get into it, watch season 16. It has Frankie Grande in it, okay? <laughs> but it's a great season and you'll enjoy it. I should watch it. I yeah. I will say um, I somehow have never watched The L Word, but I just started it and I'm going to watch it all. Here's the thing. I never watch TV that's like good TV because I'm really bad at committing to watching things. But if it's something that's like bad and I can just have it on in the background as I like toil, um, then it's ideal. And that is what The L Word is. The L word, honestly, season one is like softcore porn. Like, I'm kind of shocked that that was on TV, but also like it was on Showtime. So not really. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But I am having a good time, I have to say. And our last question is from Lulu26. And they ask what our favorite sleepover memories are. Does that mean the podcast or actual sleepovers? No, like actual sleepovers. Okay. Um... The first thing that comes to my mind is that we probably have more bad sleepover memories than good ones because we were both so anxious as children. (laughs) You know what, though? By the time I was doing sleepovers, well, if they were with family, I was fine. Like I was I was always chilling. But I think I waited kind of longer than most people do to do friend sleepovers because I really do remember um, like all my friends sleepovers. So I mm-hmm. think I was okay. But one, like my most cherished is probably, um, when we, when the four of us, you, me, Aaron and Julia would sleep over at our grandparents' house and yeah. just the rituals of that. And like our grandpa would always tell us a story that he would make up on the spot, but it always stars the same main character and that character is dumb bunny (laughs) um and and there came a point where grandpa decided that the series was going to come to an end and it was like the series finale and it was like dumb bunny goes to space or something (laughs) yeah 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 so it was just iconic the snacks the uh-huh. the floor sleeping the couch sleeping the story it was just it was great yes yeah so totally agreed um I had a lot of sleepover anxiety kind of later in my childhood um I had a really traumatic sleepover at grandma and grandpa's house I had a really bad one at my friend Brittany's house where I got somehow like my fear of I had like a fear of 3d video games that was also cooked into all of this so like I remember they were playing Frogger and it was like freaking me out. I was like, I gotta go. Like, it was bad. Like, I had to call mom and dad, like, and they came and got me, I'm pretty sure, in the middle of the night. So those are the bad ones. That's like a whole other story. But um, I think my favorite sleepover memories were also with the cousins at their house, though. Um, And one of them is just watching The Princess Bride at their house. Uh, That is really in my brain. But I think my favorite one was when we watched Phantom of the Opera at a sleepover. (laughs) And uh, when Gerard Butler sings for the first time, our cousin cried. (laughs) Because we had like hyped it a lot to her. And I hyped it so much. Yeah. And so... We'll we'll talk about it more when we inevitably do a Phantom episode, but yeah. that one was really really good. Yeah. Um. Oh, so good. I think we should call the listener question segment now because 
we could really just keep going forever. Yes, but do you have a memory about me yet? I'm a Leo. I need to hear it. Uh, I forgot to think about it. Um, okay. It's not a first memory. It's not even That's fine. Not even close. I don't think is just the amount of hours that I would sit directly behind you and watch you play video games, like, or watch you play computer games. Like, yeah. Also, like, the sensory experience of that when we, once you had that Mary Kate and Ashley perfume or whatever it was, oh, like, yeah. that body yes. spray, like, it'd be like Avril Lavigne on the boombox, um, <laughs> Mary Kate and Ashley's scent everywhere. And then me watching you play that Harry Potter CD game. And then you'd be jumping on the beds in the infirmary. Like that's like, <laughs> yes, that well, is real. And the thing that's so wild about that too, is that I was so afraid of confrontation in video games that I like wouldn't ever play the game. Yeah, yeah like, we're just all like walking I around. Did, I would just like explore Hogwarts to the furthest extent that I could without it like without me getting like blocked off or something. Yeah. Which is crazy because now I play games that are like actually hard and I'm like, oh, I could I want to go back and play that because I'm not scared anymore. Um Yeah. But yeah, that's that one's real to me too. I still have that spray somehow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here we are back to our final segment in the yes. longest episode of all time. <laughs> Uh, and it's our best, our f- best rewatches or favorite episodes slash combination. Okay, so I'm looking at your list and I'm looking at mine and they are very different, which. Okay, well, that's good. Is good. Um, so that's let's good. just, let's just say, like you say yours, I'll say mine. Um, and then and we'll then, explain. And then we'll explain. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm switching one of my orders. Okay. Uh, do you want me to go first? Yeah. Okay, my fifth best was Passport to Paris. My fifth best is Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I said Passport to Paris because I loved this movie growing up. It's so embarrassing. It's like so fun to remember. Um, and I just love watching it back and realizing that Mary-Kate and Ashley literally rework the Paris aqueduct system in that movie. (laughs) Like that is what they do. And they don't, that's not even like the main plot. Like that's just like a (laughs) random thing. (laughs) They just do that. And they explain it verbally. They they just say it out loud. It's funny. Yeah. Like, oh my God, their outfits are great. They're matching, but not matching. Um, The whole beginning sentence dinged with a bounce bounce in the numbers lab. I mean, damn. That movie Um, was exactly how I remembered. Yes. I'm going to save. So because Sisterhood is on your list, I'm going to, like, I don't want to talk about it now. Like we could just talk about it later. Right. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Fourth favorite for me was Cheetah Girls. I said holes. Ooh, okay. I loved the Cheetah Girls episode experience because you were really funny in that episode. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just remember you saying that is so not Cheetalicious or like something in the <laughs> middle of the episode. And I thought that was so funny. Uh, there's a lot to, to talk about 
uh, there's a lot of beef in that franchise. So that's fun to yeah. talk about. Um, and it was one of those good early show episodes that were just like a little bit too chaotic that uh, I just love. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of this more from the perspective of like not even the episode, but like the rewatch, like literally me sitting there watching yeah, it. That's OK. So holes because, well, obviously we love talking to Yara and like Yara always elevates our shit. So <laughs> yeah. that's good. But just from the rewatch alone, um, Holes is a film. Holes is art. So that's it's it. It's true. I had rewatched Holes kind of a lot leading up to it. So I was already expecting it to be as yeah. good as it was. Um, okay. My third best was Twilight. <laughs> I said my third best was The Little Mermaid too. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, I want to hear why. Um, But I know for me, Twilight was my favorite or one of my favorites because Meg and Liz were like the perfect guests. And we didn't even realize that at the time. Like they, uh, like Liz is a big fan of the show. I also love her. Her TikToks are so good. Slash just all of her posting is so good. Like even if you don't know who Meg and Liz are, you should follow them because um, Liz's vulnerability on the internet is truly- she is on okay when you're talking about the line of earnesty and cringe she's on that line but she's firmly on the earnest side which is great yes also she's gonna hear this so hi Liz yeah hi Liz um (laughs) yeah honestly Um, it's still a little unreal that like my like little um my little like ninth grade eighth grade ninth grade YouTube obsessed like the that girl is still she's still here and like that it's she crazy lives in you. yeah it is a little bit crazy I know that's like all Megan Liz ever here basically but yeah it, you yeah. know it's um, true but they were just so funny in that episode and I was so glad that my hunch that they would be Twilight stands was correct like that was just really satisfying for me um so yeah, loved the Twilight episode. Yeah, it was a win. And yeah. I feel the same way about the Little Mermaid 2 episode. That episode has almost a thousand views on YouTube. <laughs> and I we don't, don't know why. I don't know why, but I think it's just we we gotta we gotta attribute that to the sheer power, the mystique. <laughs> The mystique of The Little Mermaid 2. People see that and they're like, wait, what? They're either, wait, I didn't know there was Little Mermaid 2. Or they're like, yeah, I know there is. And it's great. And like, it's the best (laughs) of the sequels of the shitty Renaissance sequels. So, yes. Yeah, that's my reasoning. (laughs) Yes. I also loved that someone listened to that episode and then messaged us saying that they appreciated that we worked transformative justice into our analysis of The Little Mermaid 2, which was about rehabilitating Morgana. (laughs) (laughs) She didn't have to get frozen in ice and then sunk to the bottom of the fucking ocean. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And we wonder why people, we wonder why TikTok, why people on TikTok with no context are like, these these ladies have too much time on their hands. <laughs> I can't help that I can just spew random shit like this whenever uh, yeah. I want to, basically. What was your third best? Oh, we, we already talked about it. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. second best. I said Aquamarine. I said Aquamarine too. 
Okay, nice. nice. Second best. And and the only reason it's second best is because this is an obvious answer from us. I feel like yes. that everyone would think Aquamarine would be number one. But we I've also seen it a lot more than all the other movies. So it's like elite, but we got to bring it down to two just because... Um, you know, we've seen it a lot. So the re upon rewatch, yes. it's like, of course, it's good. You know, right? But I really love. Uh, I really loved it as a season one closer. I thought that mm-hmm. that was a really good place for it because the best part of Aquamarine is the ending. It's yeah. Which, you know, that is so rare in a movie like this for it to like for the ending to be the best part. But that's the best part. Yeah, that's never the case. Like ever, ever. Usually the endings are pretty yeah. rushed into pretty um, unmeaningful because you know how it's going to end up. Yeah. But this one, it's it's because you you truly don't actually know how it's going to yeah. end up when they choose to to separate. That is surprising. Oh my god, that shit's so sad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the falling action is a little chaotic, but the actual ending is mm-hmm. like excellent. Yep. No notes for Aquamarine. <laughs> Obviously. Okay. And all time best experience for me. Well, not all time, but so far best experience for me uh, was Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. I said Uptown Girls. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to explain first? Well, I I can't even remember why I put Sisterhood fifth, but like that was really good. Um, it was a really good episode. Like for some reason in my head, that's pretty much the only one that I can remember what we talked about. Like it and mm-hmm. it being in season one. But I said Uptown Girls because... That shit just hits me. It just hits me. There is the combination of interesting visual style, great performances from and casting from Brittany Murphy and Dakota Fanning. And then pretty, had it been other people, the writing, the cracks in the writing might have shown through a lot more. But Brittany yeah. is just so there and she felt like that person. So... Um, again, we, I recommend, um, I don't think it was out at the time when we, when we, um, published the Uptown Girls episode, but Yara has a great video about Brittany Murphy. It made me cry. Like, it's just. Yeah. Her, her heart, you know? Definitely. So, yeah, I just love that movie. Yeah. Mine was Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, and it is because it made me really emotional. You know, it may have been the wine, it may have been the hot hallway speaking, but I think that one of the, like, biggest, like, bittersweet things of my life or, like, biggest challenge that I've had to overcome and, like, really accept Like, I really love my friends and my friends mean so much to me, but like people grow apart. Like, that's just how it is. Um, And there was something about Sister of the Traveling Pants's like total rejection of the idea that they would grow apart and Mm -hmm. that they have things in common. Like the fact that they like pretend like this is a friend group that would work like really just struck me as like a very like beautiful artistic gesture in a strange way. And like, it made me sad thinking about like friend groups that have come and gone or like friends that have come and gone or like 
exes or whatever and like seeing uh seeing this movie just like reject that made me really think about uh my relationships and like really put it in perspective and it's just like a great teen movie there's things about it that make no sense uh but it's and the the cast is incredible it just made me feel a lot of things Mm -hmm. and I wasn't expecting to feel those things when I watched it right yeah I remember that you really hadn't seen it in so long you kind of didn't remember anything yeah um which was good it was like a good surprise and I was like Hannah get ready you're gonna cry I don't think you did cry but I did I'm pretty sure yeah yeah well, I didn't cry at like the um like the obvious stuff, like the, right, the like the death and the Bailey leukemia stuff. situation. Spoiler yeah. alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> In case you haven't seen it. And I would also just like to give an honorable mention to like all of our guest episodes have been really, really fun. Um, And we already mentioned Yara, uh, but especially our mom. I just want to give her another shout out for having done that episode with us because uh, she really shared a lot of interesting things and it was really fun to talk with her. And she listens to every episode and we love her and support her. So thank you, mom, for listening to our show. And yeah. I think yeah. that rounds out our our uh, top things, mm-hmm. our top experiences. So really, I guess all we have left to say is just a really big thank you to anyone and everyone who is listening to this, who has listened to like two episodes, who's listened to everything, people who are in our DMs, people who observe from a distance. The people who <laughs> guess the movie every week. <laughs> <laughs> I I noticed these things and I actually thought I should make a tally because I write it I always write it down because I have to like copy it over and like if you're on your phone you can't at everyone who yeah. answered so like I write it down and some weeks I'm like wow I've been writing down this person's name every seven days like Aww. without a fail <laughs> um so I was like at some point I should figure out who's gotten the most and like we could send that them would be something. fun yeah 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 And to all of the friends that we've made along the way so far, we've met so many cool people uh, and we'll just continue to hopefully. So thank you for supporting two gals just out here trying to find the depth and the beauty in the movies that we uh, were so formed by and continue to be so formed by. Um, Speaking of which, the second half of season three. Of Sleepover Cinema, Audrey's (laughs) Drumrolling, is going to be entirely musicals. Hey. (laughs) Um, I hope that anecdotes of our theater kid past come up. I there's so many I mean we're talking hairspray we're talking Chicago we're talking DCOMs probably like any movie musical. What'd you say? Phantom. Oh duh. Absolutely phantom. I don't know if we're going like Sound of Music deep, but we'll yeah, see. Yeah, I don't know either. But she is the namesake. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we'll yeah, see. So, um, and, and of course, shout out to Ethan Newberger for suggesting that idea to Audrey one day because we are running with it. We think it's going to be really fun. Mm-hmm. So <sighs> the first year of Sleepover Cinema, we did it. <laughs> 
good for us and good for all of you for hanging with us. We'll be back next week with a new episode on a musical. And remember our promise to you musicals about the reviews. Leave us a review and we'll make you a song. Not only will um, it be a musical episode, but we will also have musical performances. <laughs> we're retheming as a music podcast. No, we're not. <laughs> um, anyway, we love you so much. And uh, we'll see you again soon. Bye. You can find more from us at evergreenpodcast.com slash sleepover dash cinema and keep up with our latest creative projects at toopingpictures.com. If you want to watch our show as well as listen, we're on YouTube too. Search sleepover cinema or go to the link tree in our Instagram bio. We're on Instagram and Twitter at toopingpictures and would love to hear from you there. We're also on TikTok at sleepover cinema and that's really where the party is at. And if you like the show, if it brings back evocative memories of childhood or tweendom or babysitting, share the episode with a few friends. Leave us an iTunes review telling us what movie you'd like to see us cover next and leave us a review if you like the show. And if you don't, don't. Sleepover Cinema is a production of Evergreen Podcasts, produced, edited, and engineered by us, Hannah, and Audrey Leach. Sleepover Cinema is mixed by Sean Rule Hoffman with theme music by Josh Perlman Hall. Special thanks to executive producers Michael D'Aloya and David Moss. We'll chat again soon. Bye. Now I see that if I were truly to be myself, I would break my family's heart. Who is that girl I see staring straight back at me? Yeah, you're not you're the one who's not on camera. I'm sorry I'm providing the mid-show entertainment. Why does my Okay. Reef Hi, I'm Christina Yerling Biro, host of the podcast Pop Culture Confidential. Join me as I go way behind the scenes with some of the most influential people in entertainment and media. Hear actors such as Succession's Brian Cox talk about his favorite characters to play. There always has to be a mystery. The audience have to be in a situation where they want to know what's going on. Meet studio execs like Pixar chief Pete Docter and learn his secret on how he makes us cry. Emotion is our first language. And so many others who are defining popular culture, from Obama speechwriter David Litt to Top Chef host Padma Lakshmi. We don't often think about food politically or we don't want to, but it really is. Join me. Search for Pop Culture Confidential wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.